Gregory. He's in the studio with us this morning from the Monmouth Fire Department. We do have Captain Craig Kozeg. Good morning, Captain. Good morning. Also with us is Chief Casey Rex wrote. Good morning, Chief. Good morning. Boy, that's that forecast is kind of good, kind of bad. Yeah. Well, it's better than last weekend. I know that. <laughs> yeah. That was a rough one. We were outside doing some uh, training for a class we're taking, and of course it's been I'm not complaining because the winter's been very mild, but 40 to 50. And then, of course, the day we were out there was like seven degree wind chill and outside. So, yeah. yeah. But I think spring is here. I'm calling it. I hope. Winter's over. Winter's over. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take it. Like the warm weather, maybe it could do without the rain, though. Yeah. Yeah. You guys did have a lot of training. There were a lot of vehicles in town. We've been, was it, uh, I think five weekends. Every other weekend, uh, there's five of us on our department, along with what, probably 30 ish. Somewhere I think there. there's 29 people. 29 in our people class. in our class. We're taking a fire investigation class uh, that Mammoth is hosting, and we have people from all over the state there uh, who's attending. So if you see a lot of vehicles on Saturdays and Sundays, uh, that's why this next weekend is our last weekend. We do our final practicals and things like that. So we're going to be able to have a lot better investigation team, and and there's several other people from out other departments, Roseville, uh, Central Warren as well. So the county will be inundated with uh, fire investigators, which is really cool. What are you learning, Craig? Uh, basically, all levels of fire investigation. If we have a fire, you know, whether it's a car fire, vehicle fire, or any type of fire, basically in, in a house or a structure or whatever, you 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 go in and you investigate to see the cause, origin, things like that. What where the where the fire started. Um, to try to determine, you know, if it's incendiary or if it's uh, natural, accidental, you know, those kind of things, make a determination if we need to call the state fire marshal in or if it's something that, you know, local jurisdiction can handle, those kind of things. You know, there's there's obviously precursors that you have to call the state fire marshal in for like a, a homicide or if there's a death or things like that. But, but uh, overall, it's just to... You know, I've been on the department for 18 years and fought a lot of fires, but it, it gives you a different vantage point of looking at it like post-fire and uh, trying to determine, you know, how this fire started, you know, where it started and how, and which then in turn solves that, but it also helps you in the future to try to, because the big thing is to try to not have fires, obviously, and if it's a problem with, uh, you know, say a certain appliance, and then we realize that that appliance has a recall or things like that, that we can, you know, uh, turn the page and go to the next level of, you know, trying to stop it from happening again. Boy, that's very interesting that you bring that up, Captain, because... Training is key. Down in uh, some of the states where higher usage of EVs are happening, they're seeing battery fires, uh, and and there's many different reasons why that's happening. Some of it water-related, some of it cold-related, and other things, but they're taking training on that aspect of these, you know, this is a new appliance, new battery in a vehicle. We've talked about that in class. As a matter of fact, we've had classes for EVs before, and it's just getting more and more out there. The big problem you have with the electrical vehicles is the battery packs are so huge that they're really hard to put out. Like car fires are very difficult to extinguish. And I wasn't familiar with some of these tactics. Some of the guys in the class were talking about, they said that the the bigger cities, LA, things like that, will have uh, the containers that they put the cars in when they're on fire mm-hmm. and then put dirt on top of them and put them out because it's taken everywhere from four, six, 8,000 gallons of water to put these cars out. And our engines only carry 1,000. So it's like a, almost like a big structure fire. Um, a lot of times they just let them burn out if they're away from uh, other structures. So there's definitely a learning curve with them. Uh, I don't think they definitely don't have a good handle on it yet as far as, you know, I'm sure somebody sometime will come up with a way to extinguish them, you know, in a better way. But right now using standard fire extinguishment practices that we have now, 
uh, and that's across the nation is like they're still struggling trying to figure out a good way to put them out as compared to a regular uh, hydrocarbon fuel vehicle okay interesting chief what else is going on uh, we, we still have uh, one of our uh, new firefighters down at the Fire Service Institute and in, uh, Basic Operations Firefighter Academy. He just started his uh, four, he was in the middle of his uh, fourth week now. So um, that academy lasts for uh, seven weeks. And, um, you know, you get get a lot of great training down there. Every Almost every day you're down there, you're actually in some type of fire. Um, they have burned buildings down there that are made to um, burn in. You know, they're made out of cinder, cinder block, concrete, and things like that. So they're not going to uh, collapse or anything on anybody. Um, they're just for, for training. They uh, normally burn uh, pallets and straw in there to uh, make it a little safer for people. They can get them as hot as they want or, as, you know, not very big if they want to. It's a little easier way to control that. But um, he had their, uh, started the academy down there with 66 firefighters, uh, which is pretty big for that, uh, you know, our academy. Um, it's gotten bigger, it seems like, as of lately with the big push to get more, more and more fire departments need to hire people. And uh, um, I think they're trying to get as many people in those academies as they can to try to meet that uh, need in the state for uh, firefighter training. So uh, doing very well, though. Uh, like I said, you've got 66 people in that academy, and every day they're, they're fighting fire. They're learning about how to fight different kinds of fire and uh, hazard materials, and uh, uh, they learn how to uh, fight a uh, propane tank that's on fire and um, all sorts of different things. So Good. Very extensive training, though, and uh, you know, all of our firefighters go through that um, at the beginning of their career, and it forms the baseline uh, for the training throughout the rest of their career. I look forward to meeting him at Halfway to Freezing for Food. Yeah, he'll there be there. <laughs> Have you guys explained what happens to the rookie? Oh, uh, the, the surprise radio talk? Is that <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. We have so much fun, though. We're so glad yeah, you guys enjoyed this. a good time. Uh, we love us. doing it. And glad there's 66 trainees. We'll take it. Yeah, we actually, in the last academy, I think it was almost there. I think they started with just over 60 uh, people, and then it, um, there was a few of them that uh, maybe there was an injury here or there or something, um, and they ended up with like 59 people or something like that, but it was very close to it. But, okay. Yeah, the old standard was, you know, 30. When Chief and I went to academy together uh, in 2005, we were the second academy, but there was 15 in our academy. So gotcha. those are the number of differences that we're, having, we're seeing now. Keep on keeping on. Let's get more yeah. firefighters, police officers, nurses, farmers, you name it, teachers. All of them. Yes. Yeah, you say, say farmers, too. That also brings up another point that uh, this fall we're going to be having um, a grain bin rescue operations training class at our fire department. Um, I know we talked about this before uh, last year, and it didn't, it didn't end up working out, but um, we're taking another swing at it this year, a little bit different format to um, help people get there easier. I think the last time we talked, we were going to do uh, a full week of training every day during the day, and sometimes that's a little harder for uh, some of the volunteers to get to with their work schedule and things like that. And so um, in August, we're going to be having a grain bin rescue operations class at our fire department. And it's going to be two different weekends instead of the whole week. So hopefully people, uh, make uh, the firefighters in the area, uh, make that a little easier for them to get there. They don't have to take off as much work. It's going to be a Friday evening and then a Saturday and Sunday for two weekends. And so it's going to be great training. Uh, it's very extensive. Um, not been through it myself. We had uh, firefighter Tyler Osborne in the class. He's been through it from our department. Uh, had uh, nothing but good things to say about this class. He learned a, a ton of stuff. And uh, you know, some other fire departments in the area had some people in the class too. And we're really hoping to uh, get as many people in this class as we can because it's, it's important training to have especially with the in the rural area we live in here. And there's uh, sometimes that, that happens where somebody might get caught in a grain bin or something. Uh, we want to be able to help them out. So, And uh, there are 
unfortunately, there was a story of a, a gentleman who passed in DeWitt, Iowa, in a grain bin tragedy. Uh, there was a, a gentleman who was saved by first responders that I emailed you, uh, Chief, uh, not too long ago, um, or I guess it was last fall. Um, and that was a harrowing escape. Very, very scary. Um, but it, the training paid off from, from what we learned. It's a fast-acting situation. It is. It's, it's almost like a quicksand situation that, you know, when you, when you get stuck in that grain inside there, the more you move, uh, the faster you're going to sink into that grain. And, um, you know, there's a whole whole bunch of different hazards involved there. You have a confined space. You have somebody stuck in the in the grain. You have a you know the and the grain bin is usually uh, somewhat full if they're if they're trapped inside of it. And so you have a hazard with um, cutting the sides of the grain bin can cause some kind of a dust explosion or something like that. And so you have to be very aware of all these different hazards uh, when you're going in to rescue somebody like that. And uh, on top of all that, you most of the time you access the grain bin from the top, so you have a, a high high angle situation now where you're with the rope and stuff. And so um, a lot of different hazards, a lot of things to watch out for, and um, you know, time is of the essence in that situation to get them out of there and get them get them to the hospital. But um, you know, that's that's why we're doing it though, so we can help people if that happens. Okay, Captain, you also wanted to talk about farm safety as National Ag Day was yesterday, which there means we we're getting ready here very soon. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's just weeks away from uh, implements being on the road. You know, hitting it from both sides. You know, as far as like. Uh, individuals driving on the road and there's farm implements coming and going. Uh, patience is a key. I've talked about this before. Uh, just to give you an example, we were coming back from Galesburg, my son and I, the other day, and a car passed, weaving in and out, pass, pass, you know, super fast. And then we got the stoplight at the same time in Monmouth. We were both sitting there, and I'm just like, you know, did he could he save time on an average? I doubt it, you know. So it's kind of the thing is they say – falling in implements usually sitting at a stoplight type time two minutes or whatever to get to your next destination because they're just going from point a to point b and there's only one way for them to do it they have to get on the road these vehicles are you know ginormous obviously um so as far as like following them just be patient they're doing the best they can and a lot of times they'll they'll get an open spot they'll pull over let a line of cars pass and go but it's the passing of the vehicles in blind areas and not no passing zones and just people being impatient that causes the massive accidents that we run into um, and usually because of that, they're at a high rate of speed because they're passing at a high rate of speed, so those kind of things. Um, and then, of course, you know, just generalized farm safety. Long hours, you know, that always equals um, complacency, really, in any, any even on the fire department. You know, if you're working long hours, you, you can get tired and get complacent. And that's one thing the farmers, I know they have to put in these long hours, but just be aware of your, you know, your surroundings. Um, anhydrous, anhydrous is something that they put on in the spring, more in the fall, but definitely in the spring too. And it's highly dangerous. And, and pretty much anybody who's applying it already knows that. But make sure you're wearing all your safety gear, your gloves, your goggles. Uh, you have the water packs; they're full in the anhydrous tanks. And if they're not, then make sure you have water. That's that's going to make the difference in your life safety there. Um, obviously, heavy equipment, PTOs, um, hydraulic lines, all those things are dangerous, you know, and again, farmers are well versed in these things, you know, they, they know more about it than most, but it's just the complacency is usually they run into problems, taking shortcuts, uh, removing PTO shields, stepping over PTO shafts, those kind of things. That's where we end up seeing the most injuries. And, and as the chief was saying too, even the grain bins, you know, unfortunately they're, they're tall. They have to climb up on them to access usually from the top. Um, if they're full and of course you have slip hazards and fall hazards and those kind of things too. So just take your time, be sensible about your placement of equipment and, and those kind of things. And, you know, hopefully for, a, we'll have a 
safe year, you know, tractor roll, for instance, those kind of things. We just, you know, we respond to them. They're not frequent in this area, but we have, and um, they, things happen. So, you know, yeah, just that, do your best to be safe. I, w- I just wish everybody would, would be able to be conscientious uh, and put that phone down. Yeah. And, and it's getting harder because now they put it in the center of your console as a computer. Right. Um, and so that's more distracting even. Yeah. You know, then it seems like it anyway. Well, that's the shift that we've even made. We have our, I'm working on right now, the, uh, well, it used to be the mock DUI crash that we do for the high school. We've been working on this for several years. COVID's gotten in the way and those kind of things. And this year we're really hoping to pull this off. Um, but we've almost, we've changed the name to distracted driving even. It's not so much DUI because the phones are a distraction and mm-hmm. They're causing, you know, these accidents, these high-speed, low-speed accidents both um, because of that. And, you know, everybody has a phone. And, you know, and, of course, you can't wait to read that text or send the text <laughs> or Instagram or, you know, Twitter or whatever it is. And it's like it's, you know, one one minute of, you know, just taking a second of taking your eyes off the, the road. I mean, things happen very fast. And, um, you know. Yeah, I, it's, it's amazing how fast that you can come upon a piece of machinery when it's when for going sure. 20 or 20 miles an hour and you're going 65 miles an hour, how fast you can roll up Absolutely. on uh, one of those pieces of machinery. So, you know, even taking, like uh, Captain said, after you take your eyes off the road for that five seconds to look at that text or, or to send the text or whatever, uh, you could be on top of them before you know it. And they have no escape route. I mean, with other vehicles, they can, you know, they can ditch or you can go in the ditch, but if you have an implement on the road, they're, they're slow moving. So even if they tried to, to avoid the accident there, you know, there's just nowhere for them to go quickly. So you're going to close that ground very quickly. And, and of course the implements that they're pulling is, you know, it's not just a, you know, a big tractor or an applicator or whatever. I mean, they're pulling chisel plows, things like that. who have sharp, you know, blades and knives coming off of them and wheels and everything else. So, um, it could be catastrophic, you know, catastrophically way worse than a, you know, a vehicle on a vehicle accident. So. Absolutely. That's somebody's father, that's somebody's husband, that's somebody's sure. dad, brother. Uh, it, women, too. Women are, are highly involved in agriculture as well. So be careful on the roads. It, you know what? Put your phone down anyway when you're driving. Yeah. It's it, not it's, just farm implements. It's the law. Yeah. So just, just don't do it. It's Speaking it. of um, the law, remind us of the law. We've been having a lot of calls lately, um, time of year, what, whatever, but we've been having calls. And uh, you folks are trying to get on the road. Jihas is trying to get on the road. And um, people aren't necessarily getting out of the way. Remind us what they're supposed to do. If uh, you're uh, on the road and a, uh, uh, an emergency vehicle pulls up behind you with their lights on and lights and siren on, um, you need to just, uh, normal, normal procedure is to, to pull off to the right side of the road, pull off the shoulder and get out of their way, let them pass, no matter what direction they're coming from. If, if they're coming at you or they're coming up behind you, if you see somebody with their lights on, uh, you need to just pull over to the side of the road and let them pass because, you know, we'll have instances where uh, we're maybe coming at you and uh, we're going to turn at the next intersection. If you continue going uh, and then you stop in the middle of that intersection, um, you're still blocking our path. So uh, pull off to the right side of the road. I know sometimes within town there's um, instances where there's, you know, we got the two lanes and it's hard to get over because there might be cars over there. Um, do the best you can to get over to the right. If you can't, at least stop and pull over enough to get out of their way and let them through. Um, you know, let us weave through the traffic. Don't don't make it uh, your job to to clear the traffic for us and, and make a path. So um, just slow down, uh, get out of their way, and uh, you know that that should make it safer for everybody. Okay, gentlemen, thank you so much for coming in this morning. You're welcome. Well, thank you. Go back and high five the guys. Appreciate everything that they do, uh, keeping our community safe and helping on all the calls because uh, there was a lot of calls. That were up. 200 and some odd calls uh, in the month of February for um, dispatch. So 
I know you guys have to head out for that too. Yeah, yeah. It's been a busy couple of months for us already this year. So um, hopefully that doesn't continue, but um, you know. It seems to be the trend. It has. <laughs> Anything we need to know about those? Any structure fires or with the busyness? I, we haven't really had a lot of structure fires lately. Good. A lot of a lot of the uh, increase in call has to do with medical calls, which I you know there's nothing really um, uh, significant attributing to that. It's okay. just happened yeah. to, to be it, it is what it is, you know. But uh, um, you know that that seems to be the trend. Okay, gentlemen, thank you. You're welcome. Monmouth Fire Department Chief Casey Rexroad and Captain Craig Kozad on 1330 WRAM and FM 94.1.